Pentecost Prayer Psalm 104 Bless Yahweh, my soul, Yahweh, my God, how great you are, clothed in majesty and splendor. How countless are your works, Yahweh, all of them made so wisely. The earth is full of your creatures. Turn away your face, and they panic. Take back their breath, and they die, and revert to dust. Send out your breath, and life begins. You renew the face of the earth. Glory to Yahweh forever. May Yahweh find joy in his creatures. May my musings be pleasing to him, for Yahweh gives me joy. Reading the Word First reading, Acts chapter 2 When Pentecost Day came round, they had all met together, when suddenly they came from heaven, a sound as of a violent wind, which filled the entire house in which they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire. These separated and came to rest on the head of each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak different languages as the Spirit gave them power to express themselves. Now there were devout men living in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, they all assembled, and each one was bewildered to hear this man speaking his own language. They were amazed and astonished. Surely, they said, all these men speaking are Galileans. How does it happen that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Meds, and Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya around Cyrene, residents of Rome, Jews and proselytes alike, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them preaching in our own language about the marvels of God. Second reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to make it quite clear to you that no one who says a curse on Jesus can be speaking in the Spirit of God, and nobody is able to say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. There are many different gifts, but it is always the same Spirit. There are many different ways of saving but it is always the same Lord. There are many different forms of activity, but in everybody it is the same God who is at work in them all. The particular manifestation of the Spirit granted to each one 
is to be used for the general good. For as with the human body, which is a unity, although it has many parts, all the parts of the body, though many, still making up one single body, so it is with Christ. We were baptized into one body in a single spirit, Jews as well as Greeks, slaves as well as free men, and we were all given the same spirit to drink. Gospel John chapter 20 In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you. And after saying this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy at seeing the Lord. And he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you retain anyone's sins, they are retained. Hearing the word, the voice, the blood, and the life, the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples was the beginning of the church. Why, as we saw last Sunday, this event cannot be disassociated from Jesus' ascension. Pentecost undoubtedly marks the beginning of church formation, growth and expansion. Justifiable, Pentecost may be called the birth of the church. In the first reading, St. Luke devotes much attention and detail to this event. His presentation of the coming of the Spirit, accompanied by great wind and tongues of fire, contains a set of two ingenious double references. In Hebrew, the word for wind is the same as the word for the Spirit. We may recall Ezekiel 37, where God sends the wind spirit in order to animate the dry bones of the fallen Israelites. The room where the disciples were gathered was filled with the wind God spirit. Was there, this spirit descended upon them as tongues of fire. The word tongue in Greek, just like in English, carries a double meaning, either the physical organ in the mouth or the language speech. This suggests that the spirit filling the disciples enables them to speak. The rest of the passage confirms this ability. The disciples filled with the spirit 
are now able to communicate the marvels of God to a great variety of people who are able to understand their message. It is important to recognize the time of the Spirit descent. It happened on the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. On this occasion, the Israelites gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Sinai Covenant, particularly the gift of the law. On Sinai, God descended upon the mountain where Moses received the law as burning fire, Exodus 19. And the law was given to constitute the Israelite nation and guides its life ever after. In Jerusalem, the Spirit also descended upon the disciples as fire to guide the missionary efforts of the disciples and to direct the life of each believer ever after. Just as on Sinai, the people of the first covenant received the gift of the law and commemorated the event on Pentecost, so also on the very same day, the new community of God's people founded on Jesus' resurrection received the Spirit who would be its guide. The day when the Sinai covenant was made was the birth of Israel. The day when the Spirit was given was the day when Christianity was born. This newly formed community is bound together and guided by the Holy Spirit. No one pays more attention to that fact than St. Paul. For him, the Spirit provides guidelines for life. Galatians 51 In the passage we read today, St. Paul goes even further, describing the Spirit as the binding agent, responsible for creating coherence and harmony among the community members. According to him, the working of the Holy Spirit is first evident when a person is able to recognize and acknowledge Jesus as the Lord. Many of his contemporaries rejected Jesus as just an ordinary human being. However, those who acknowledged Jesus as the Lord evidently were led to this conclusion by the Holy Spirit working in them. Second, the Spirit gives specific gifts to individual community members. These gifts are very diverse, and Christians in Corinth foolishly argued about which of them are the most important ones. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Paul shows the folly of such arguments, emphasizing that these gifts are given to the individuals, not for self-glorification, but for the service in the community, for mutual benefit. The Spirit manages the church by providing it with the talents and ministries needed for its proper functioning. Moreover, Paul uses a very meaningful image of the church as the body of Christ. He sees Christians as the body of Christ on earth 
because they've been given the same spirit to drink. If Christ is the head and the faithful are the body, then the spirit can be likened to the blood that runs through its veins, making it alive. Today's gospel passage was already read during the second Sunday of Easter. The part repeated today focuses on Jesus' commissioning of the disciple and the gift of the Spirit. First, we have to notice the parallel with the story of creation in Genesis chapter 2. While Luke presented the coming of the Spirit as descending tongues of fire, the divine presence filling the disciples, John presents it as a new creation. In Genesis, God made the first human being alive by breathing his breath into a clay figurine he had molded out of clay. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into the disciples. However, the outcome of both of these accounts is much the same, both in Acts and in John. The disciples are empowered and sent on a mission. Again, we see a difference in the description of this mission. In Acts, the disciples are to proclaim the risen Lord to the ends of the earth. In John, the disciples' mission is forgiving and retaining sins. It may seem strange that their mission focuses on sin. This is however, easily understood in the context of the entire gospel. When John speaks of sin, most often he means the sin of unbelief. The greatest sin in the gospel of John is refusal to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. Speaking of sins in this account, John refers to the disciples' power to remove sin of unbelief by their proclamation of the risen Jesus. At the same time, they also announce God's judgment upon those who continue to persist in their unbelief, in line with what Jesus taught. John chapter 3 The Spirit-empowered mission of the disciples in both Acts and in John has an identical goal, bringing people to faith in the risen Lord with the effect that they would have eternal life. In the light shed by the three readings of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit emerges as the very life of the church. The Spirit is its voice as it descended upon the disciples in tongues of fire and enabled them to communicate with all. The Spirit is its very blood which animates the body of Christ consisting of diversely gifted members. Finally, the Spirit is the very life of this community, breathed into it by Jesus. For the disciples, the Spirit became the guide for their mission. For the early Christian, the Spirit was the giver of a variety of gifts with which they were to build and develop the community of faith. Above all, the Spirit empowered the disciples 
to remove the sin of unbelief and lead people to faith in Jesus the Lord, so that they may have life in its fullness. John chapter 20. Justly, the psalmist prayed, Send out your breath and life begins. You renew the face of the earth. His prayer was fulfilled at Pentecost. Listening to the Word of God Science has taught us the immense power of elements, like fire and wind. When these elements are harnessed, they have the power to kickstart huge machines and make them perform incredibly. The author of the Acts of the Apostles may not have been a scientist in the modern sense of the word, but would almost certainly have had sufficient knowledge of the ability of these forces of nature to produce action and change. In choosing to describe the events preceding the coming of the Holy Spirit with expressions like sound as of a mighty wind, and tongues as of fire. Coupled with the use of the adverb, suddenly, the author undoubtedly sought to make not only a theological point, but also an existential one, namely, the power of the Holy Spirit to cause change. Understandably, immediately after he had spoken of the fact that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, he adds, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The action of the Holy Spirit was so evident that the crowd expressed their amazement and wonder. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our native language? The Gadangbez from Ghana have a saying that the proof of having swam in the sea is the taste of salt on the body. Similarly, when a person is truly filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the evidence is there for all to see. Paul affirms that the Holy Spirit makes his presence manifest when he writes, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. By virtue of the sacraments of Christian initiation, we have received the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, sometimes we live our lives as if there is no Holy Spirit at work in us. There are instances when we act in ways that scandalize rather than bring to faith those who do not profess faith in Christ. A major reason for this may be that many of us have the Holy Spirit but have not allowed the Holy Spirit to have us. Consequently, we do not yield completely to the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We tend to reduce confirmation to a sacramental ornament and do not allow the inward grace it brings to effect tangible change in us. The Akans of Ghana have a saying 
birds are given wings for flying and not for decoration. In the same way, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is for a purpose. Before Jesus breathed upon his apostles and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He first told them, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. There is a sending element that comes with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When we allow the Holy Spirit to have us, He equips us with all kinds of spiritual gifts and abilities for different forms of service, and then sends us on a mission. The Spirit gave birth to the church, and the church grows in the power of the Spirit. The church is not just a building made of cement, sand, stone and water, but primarily an assemble of people whose faith in Jesus has brought them together. As we yield to the person and presence of the Holy Spirit, the church grows. But when we stifle the action of the Holy Spirit, the church shrinks. In the face of the innumerable challenges that beset our world, the church needs a new Pentecost, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon willing men and women, old and young, who constitute the body of Christ to renew the face of the earth. May that be our desire, our prayer, our quest. The proof proof of heaven 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 in the sea sea, sea, is the taste of salt on the body. Action. Self-examination. Am I living a life in the Spirit or a life apart from the Spirit? Response to God The Lord promises that those who ask shall receive, those who seek shall find, and those who knock shall have the door open for them. I turn to God in prayer and ask Him, to renew the gift of the Holy Spirit in me. Response to your world As a baptized Christian, I resolve to identify one of the gifts of the Spirit has given me and put it to practice during this week. There are many ways by which we can bring the love of the Holy Spirit to our world. As a group, we discuss which of the gifts of the Spirit we can put into practice to be like the apostles at Pentecost and share the good news with others. Prayer All-powerful God, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
May he empower us anew to fulfill the missionary mandate of proclaiming the gospel to all people. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you.